Hey, well, hello all and welcome to the Middle East Forum's kickoff of our webinar series. I'm Stacey McKenna and I will be moderating this discussion. Today we have the Middle East Forum's president, Mr. Daniel Pipes, here to speak on conspiracy theories in a time of virus. Mr. Pipes will speak for roughly five minutes on the topic, then open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen. If you have any comments or questions not related to the topic, please use the chat box to message me privately. And now with no further ado, I will turn the discussion over to Mr. Pipes. Thank you, Stacy, and good afternoon, everyone. I hope you're all well, and as you and we all have a bit more time than usual, we thought we would use it well and start a variety of activities such as these webinars. Uh, we're just working it out, so we will have a survey questionnaire at the end, which you're invited to fill out. I wrote two books on conspiracy theories in the 1990s, one called The Hidden Hand, the other simply Conspiracy. And after writing those two books, I vowed to leave the subject. It's something of a cesspool, it's something of obsession, and I have pretty well stayed away from it. But uh, the current situation prompted me to take another look at it. And um, I did so because increasingly one hears voices that are saying that the source of this problem is not in communist China, but rather in the United Kingdom, United States, and Israel. And this reminded me of my books. Uh, I have two main points to make. One is that this fits a medieval pattern, and two, it should be taken seriously and refuted. So medieval. The, the pattern that I'm about to explain goes back to the Crusades, to about 1100, when Europeans found that two alleged conspirators were behind all the world conspiracy plots that they could think of. One was the secret societies and the other was the Jews. Secret societies include such names as the Knights Templar, a crusading uh, group, the Freemasons, the Jesuits, the Illuminati, the Jacobins, the Council of Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, and so on. The Jews obviously are self-evident, but the principal idea here is that there is an elders group. There is a group that tells Jews what to do. And this has changed over a couple thousand years from the Sanhedrin to the Alliance Israelite Universelle in the 19th century to APAC today. Now, these two strains of organizations in the modern era in the view of conspiracy theorists, transmuted into the United Kingdom, United States, on the secret society side, and Israel on the Jewish side. And so invariably, conspiracy theories go back either to the organizations or these days more likely to these three states. And it's remarkable to note that the three together form something like 6% of the world's population. The other 94% is ignored, no matter how serious a conspirator they might be. So, for example, none of Europe's great powers, France, Germany, Russia, are considered to be real conspirators. No totalitarian movement, not the communist fascists and now the Islamists, not members of universalist religions, in particular Christians and Muslims, and certainly not anyone from the non-Western world, including India, China, and Japan. So from the, 19th, from the French Revolution till today, to uh, almost uh, 50 years, uh, there has been an emphasis on this 
conspiratorial theory about Sikh societies and Jews. And those who are confused, those who are looking for some explanation for nasty events, invariably turn to these two strains of conspirators. Let me just mention, in uh, recent years, the JFK assassination, Princess Diana's death, the 9-11, uh, the Great Recession, and now COVID-19. Now, we all know exactly the origins of this. We don't know precisely because the Communist Party hid it, what exactly was going on, but we know that it comes from Wuhan, China. We know there was a Communist Party of China cover-up, and we know that it spread from China to the rest of the world. There's no doubt about these things. But conspiracy theories eventually emerged, inevitably emerged, and invariably focused on the three alleged conspirators. UK is a lesser factor this time around. I'll spare you the details. I have an article today in the Washington Times that you can find on my website, DanielPledge.org, that gives you some examples of these. Suffice to say that the media and the government in countries like China, Russia, Turkey, and Iran are blaming this trio. Also other places and other peoples. Anti-Semites come out of the woodwork. Uh, today, an actress by the name of Rosanna Arquette said it's a Jewish, or suspected it's a Jewish conspiracy and so forth. The goals of this conspiracy are either to harm China economically or Iran economically or Turkey economically or demographically, after all, people are dying, or it's to benefit the United States and Israel. It's suspicious in the eyes of conspiracy theorists that the Israelis are at the forefront of finding a cure. They suspect, uh-huh, this was a plot all along. I have to report that the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, uh, conveyed to the, um, to the Chinese, quote, strong U.S. objections to PRC efforts to shift blame for COVID-19 to the United States, unquote. That's good. It needs to be taken seriously. It needs to be refuted, but that's not enough. There's a lot more that needs to be done. This needs to be taken seriously. Ideas like this are pernicious and can do a lot of damage to the effort to solve the problem, to find a remedy for the problem, and uh, to maintain uh, international security. Let me stop there, and I look forward to your questions. Thank you so much, Mr. Pipes. We have a few questions coming in. One is, Bernard Lewis once told me that really fanatic Jew hatred was imported into the Muslim world by Christian Arabs in the 19th century, probably instigated by French Jesuits. Do you think this is a true statement? Uh, there's a debate on that. There's a Lewis School, and then there's the other school. Lewis School, as, a, is, as you just heard, that this is an imported uh, bunch of ideas from the Christian world. The other school says, no, no, no. If you go to the Quran and other early Islamic scriptures, you will find the premises of anti-Semitism, of obsessive anti-Semitism, conspiratorial anti-Semitism there. I'm in the Lewis School. I think, yeah, there were certainly uh, negative views towards Jews, but by the way, there were also negative views towards Christians. Jews were not singled out for the most part. Uh, that it's with um, the 1840 Damascus affair that for the first time you had Christian conspiratorial anti-Semitism enter into the Muslim world. The Protocols of the Elder Zion, 60 years later, 80 years later, had a big impact and so forth. So yes, I agree with Lewis. This is basically a Western, a Christian idea that was imported to the Muslim world. 
Great. Thank you for your answer. And this is coming from Canada. Is there any way that those who engage in BDS and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories could be denied any Israeli vaccine? That is a, a, a nice idea, but no, I don't think practically speaking that will happen. Now, there was a little controversy in Iran where a leading uh, mullah, leading cleric and Ayatollah, in fact, said, well, in general, you can't buy anything from the Zionists, but if they're the only ones to have the cure, then you can do so. This was reported in a newspaper. Uh, promptly, two hours later, his office said, no, 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 we never said that. We didn't mean that. So it's a little bit up in the air. Clearly, if the Israelis are the only ones to have a, an antidote, uh, they will not try to stop others from getting access to it, nor could they. So I think it would be a great thing for Israel if it, in fact, is at the forefront of finding a, an antidote. Though there will be conspiracy theorists who say, ha ah, uh, this was all a plot. The Israelis created the virus and then they created the antidote to the virus. You can't stop that. It's inevitable. But you can refute it. You can argue against it. You can point out the absurdity of it. We know where this came from. It did not come from Israel. This problem, I mean. Okay. And what more can be done in addition to what Mr. Pompeo has done? Is there anything Israel can do? Uh, well, it's building on what uh, the Secretary of State said. It's reiterating it. It's providing details. It's taking it seriously. In other words, the temptation with crazy conspiracy theories is to roll one's eyes and say, that's ridiculous, and I'm not going to dignify it with an answer. And I'm arguing the opposite. In fact, I did a paper for the CIA some 30 years ago that argued yeah, take it seriously, refute it, don't ignore it. So build on it, uh, have others say similar things and provide details, show that this is absurd. Uh, the spokesman for the Chinese foreign ministry pointed out that there was a military sports competition in Wuhan in October and there were some 180 American participants there and he is blaming them. Well, get into the details, show how this is absurd. This did not happen. We don't operate like this. We never do that sort of thing. And it is false in the particulars. Okay, another question we have is, how much is Iran behind this current conspiracy with the coronavirus and the Jews? Well, the Iranians are certainly an element in it. Uh, so are the Turks. Uh, one has sources in Algeria, anti-Semites around the world. But I think it's the Chinese government that's particularly important. It has a larger megaphone, and it has done it more officially than the other governments has. And it has more of a, of a role in this. I mean, we look to China for information about this virus. So we don't look to Iran for it. So I think the Chinese government is particularly important. But now I should note that the Chinese government only blames the United States, not the UK, and certainly not Israel, not so far. It's the Iranians and Turks who have, and the Algerians who have brought in Israel and anti-Semites worldwide. Oh, I should add the Russians. The Russians are also engaged in this, primarily blaming the United States. So China and Russia blaming the United States, the Muslim majority countries blaming Israel. And um, how do you cut down on the clutter as everyone now has a platform to share the misinformation? What ideas do you have for effective refutation 
of these ideas, including the current coronavirus conspiracy? Well, there's no shortcut. One has to know one's facts, one has to be prepared, one has to present one's case uh, eloquently. Um, there are plenty of platforms, as you point out. There's, we just created our own right here now. Uh, we're, we're, everyone has a role here. Everyone has a voice. It used to be that there were only a limited number of newspapers and magazines. Now there's an infinity and everyone should be participating. Okay, thank you. Um, and along those lines, what is happening in Iran right now? I understand they're having a very tough times question. Well, the Iranian situation is unique in that the figures that the government has provided for infection rates and death rates could be completely inaccurate. Now, perhaps the most, there are, two, there are two sides of that. One is that a very impressive number of high-ranking Iranian officials have either been infected or have died. Number two, uh, somebody has noted that there are now football field size trenches full of bodies that have just appeared in the last few weeks. So that implies many, many deaths. Uh, one article by Graham Wood in The Atlantic a week or so ago estimated that in, if you take various figures and multiply them out, you could come up with uh, 2 million uh, infected and hundreds of thousands dead. We don't know. It's all speculative. So Iran is clearly different from any other country in the size of its manipulation of the figures. Presumably the Russians are doing something similar. It's striking to see how few Russians have been infected, a couple hundred. Is that because they don't travel? Don't have people coming there? Or is it because they're manipulating the figures? Well, all this will come out probably in the end. But Iran is the question mark. It could be staggeringly high figures there already, unlike any place else. Thank you. Uh, what do you think of the Chinese conspiracy as a way to gain economic superiority? I'm not sure quite what you mean by Chinese conspiracy, but I'm going to assume what you mean is that this was a weaponized virus, that this did not just happen accidentally. I mean, there are two basic theories. One is that this came out of a wet market. Chinese eat all sorts of animals, and they ate, someone ate an infected animal that had the infection among humans. The other theory is that it came from the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology, which happens to be only such institute in all of China, which is only uh, about a thousand feet from the market. A third theory, uh, prom promoted by Stephen Mosher in the New York Post a couple weeks ago, is that it could be a mix of the two, that somebody sold animals from that institute to the market and the animals were infected and that sent it uh, to humans. We don't know. Uh, but as Assuming for the moment that it was intentional, that there was a, a virus under study that uh, inadvertently passed to the Chinese population, I think that's completely um, plausible. I would not put it beyond the Chinese government to be planning to use viruses to have them in stock for, for warfare purposes. Absolutely. Uh, this is a communist government. Yes, it has been for now 40 years a capitalist 
regime as well, and that is something of a contradiction, but the Chinese Communist Party realized 40 years ago that the way to stay in power and the way to become more powerful is to become capitalist, that the, the state capitalism model didn't work. So you have to go with the times. And it is still a communist party, and she is definitely a communist leader. So yes, absolutely plausible that the Chinese would have done this. What's striking is that, for example, President Trump yesterday, in two tweets, referred to the Chinese virus, and he's been calling, being called racist. It's not racism, it's accuracy. Um, I mean, COVID-19 is also a fine way of describing it, but we have the Spanish flu and the West Nile virus and the uh, Ebola virus, virus and the Lyme disease and others that have um, geographic indicators and what's wrong with calling it Wuhan or Chinese virus. Nothing racist about that. Okay, so to what degree are the, um, sorry, how do we ensure that the Communist Party of China is held accountable for this global disaster, which is certainly the product of their political behavior or cover-ups and lies? Well, it's very important that it be studied where this came from, that we find out eventually uh, how it came to be. Uh, I know that this is a subject of great interest right now, but the Chinese government is doing its best to hide it. So, you know, people who really understand these things need to be looking very closely at the origins of this virus, and I assume that it will come out, if not sooner than later. Okay, and what is your opinion of the Trump and administration's response? Obama, out 160 days prior to who declaration, uh, Trump closed entries two days after. So I'm not quite getting the question. I, I suppose that would be just the, how do you think that President Trump is handling the situation currently? Uh, not well. I, it, this is not the sort of thing he's good at. He's good at uh, figuring out uh, the sort of political pulse of the country. Uh, something complex, scientific of this sort is not his strong suit. And I think basically the federal government has been sidelined. It's the governors and mayors who are making the key decisions. And it's Congress now that's taking it up. White House has been behind. Mm. Not, 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 not a good time for him. Until in the selection period, uh, he is not looking competent at the number one issue of the moment. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Pipes. We have come to the close of our webinar. There will be a short survey to fill out at the end to help us better serve you going forward. We will also be sending out an invitation to a webinar this Friday, March 20th at 1 p.m. Eastern time uh, with Jonathan Tobin, editor-in-chief of JNS, on understanding Israel's deep changes, the electoral cycle. Thank you again for joining us and have a wonderful day. Thank you.